0: Wow. (laughs) How did Jesus manage to say almost all of the hard things he said in one Sunday morning gospel passage? (laughs) It was a long gospel passage, and so you get to sit down. Just before the section in 1 Corinthians that Peter read this morning. Paul writes to the Christians, he loves this. Brothers and sisters, remember your calling. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. For God chose the foolish of this world to shame the wise and chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. God does not call us for our competence. He calls us for love. And it's because of His call that we are loved through that call. God calls us for our heart. And so St. Paul, in the passage we read this morning, can say, what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what has never even entered into the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love Him. This has been revealed to us by the Spirit. It's only the Holy Spirit who can do that difficult work in us of carving out what needs to be carved out and growing what needs to flourish. Jesus, with His heart, wants to address our heart, and the deepest parts of our heart. In the Gospel, when He targets these different things, but not just the exterior behavior, but the inner disposition, the orientation of our hearts that causes them. Our anger. Our unwillingness to forgive others which can hold such power over us and can control so many aspects of our lives. Our unwillingness to forgive, yes, but also what easy willingness we have to act as though people around us are just objects for our satisfaction. And his words about marriage and what marriage is, which are strong and can be uncomfortable, Words that Jesus speaks because marriage is an image of God's covenant heart for us. All of this, in all of it, Jesus is pointing to and moving toward our hearts. And it seems like the way Jesus gets to our hearts most of the time is not through our strength. He does give us a lot of strength that we need desperately. He gives us so many gifts that are real and deep. And it seems, though, that God has a particular affection for reaching us through weakness. Through ours and through others. Because when we have everything all together or we think everything's okay, we think we're self-sufficient, that we don't need any help. And when for other people things are going fine, it's easy for us to keep them at arm's length, to see them as competitors or people who don't make demands on us. But when someone near us is suffering or weak, God is trying to awaken something in us. And it's through that that he draws out compassion and draws out true life. So two stories of two very real people near to our own time who open to weakness, their own and other people's weakness, became fully alive. The first is Jean Vanier. Jean Vanier was born in the middle of the 20th century, and he was the son of, effectively, the President of Canada. He was called the Governor General at that point. And Jean Vanier grew up, he served as an officer in the British Royal Navy, and after that went to graduate school, and following that moved to Paris, where he was teaching philosophy. And he would walk each day from his house to the University of Paris, and on the way, he would pass two schizophrenic homeless men. And in his interactions with them, and through conversations with his spiritual director, who was a priest, who was the chaplain at a mental health institution in Paris, Jean Vanier experienced an invitation that he offered he invited these two schizophrenic homeless men to come live with him. That's, what, that's your homework for the week. No. Uh, and he did this not with the intention that these two people really need my help and I can provide it. There was a certain amount of help that he could provide that these men really needed, but he also was aware That he, like all of us, have our own inner weaknesses. And often people who are afflicted or people who are impoverished or suffering with disabilities have a way of reaching our hearts more quickly and more effectively. That home became known as Larsh, means the Ark. And the next L'Arche home was founded in India. And now there are 150 L'Arche homes throughout the world, Christian or interfaith homes, where people with and without disabilities live together as peers. Jean Vanier said, there are lots of people in life who are great at talking about what they're doing and are not really doing anything. And there are people in life who do a lot and to say nothing. And those are the people who make a community live. The second person is Chiara Badano. Chiara was beatified in the last couple of years. That's the final step before becoming officially a saint in the Catholic Church. Chiara Badano lived recently enough that there are pictures of her where it looks like she might be taking a selfie. Chiara grew up in Italy. Uh, she went to a private high school for her first year of high school, and she had terrible grades, and she flunked out, and they kicked her out of the school. So her family had to move somewhere else so she could go to a different school. And after she moved schools, she was diagnosed during high school with osteosarcoma a really painful form of bone cancer. And as she went through the treatments for it, people noticed that there was something different about her. That Chiara, because of her faith, because of the way that God was acting in her life, had this radiant inner serenity about what she was going through. People gave her the nickname Luce, Light, because of the way that light would almost beam from her smile. Why would someone in high school, going through that, be able to live that way? We're fortunate because Kiara, throughout this time she was being treated, kept journals about what she was going through and her own reflections on it. And she says a number of things in those journals. One of the things she says is that, in the midst of this, I feel like I have it all. Who would say that about that situation? And another thing she wrote toward the end of her life, the cancer couldn't be treated. She died when she was 18. She wrote, I have almost nothing left but I still have my heart, and with that, I can love. Chiara Badano, a person open to her own weakness, not resistant to it, and through that, radiant. We're not too far off from the season of Lent, And it's not a bad idea maybe just to flag that in our minds, because it will be here before we know it. And maybe to ask ourselves, are there weaknesses in my life, maybe sins, that God wants to overcome? And are there weaknesses in which God wants to work? In which he wants me to open up to him or to people around me? Courage, a writer says, presupposes vulnerability. We ask for that openness, that vulnerability before the Lord to enter our lives, to transform us, to make us radiate from our hearts.